OK, we're going to begin another story. This time it's called Our First Wine Cellar. It's another story from Ivy House New Bolingbroke from about 1973. The future wine cellar came into use after my mother asked me to store some of her hundreds of tins of food. It was just a cellar at the time, full of cobwebs and little else. As I've mentioned in previous stories, she over-catered and she also tended to overstock. Mother normally bought her food supplies as if a national calamity was about to happen and food would all be in short supply. I suppose, to be fair, she'd lived through the shortages of World War II with the consequent food rationing that went on for simply years afterwards. In the late 1940s in Harrogate, the little pantry at number 22 Bilton Grove Avenue was close to the kitchen back door and up a short flight of steps as it was over the outdoor coal house. One day, I remember clearly, Mother sustained a severe knock on the head from a tin of corned beef that was stacked so high on the narrow shelves in that crowded pantry that one was accidentally knocked and fell on her head. It was after my father died and in the early 1970s, a mother decided to go back into the licensed pub trade and took a tenancy for the Bell Inn at Bishopbridge in North Lincolnshire. The Bell, of which there is a full story of its own, was located between Cambie Corner and Market Raisin. The Cellar She was moving from her home at Market Deeping and asked us to store some of her tin food until she knew how much room she would have at the pub. There were about four large cardboard boxes of tin food, all kinds of tin food, and all of it at least ten years old. We decided the best place would be in the cellar at Ivy House near Bolingbroke, which was quite substantial. It had a cobble-type floor set into the soil base, and there was almost full headroom, provided you were a good bit under six feet tall. For safety's sake, we stacked them on wooden pallets. Ruth and I, together with daughter Helen, had only moved into Ivy House in 1970, and we were still finding our feet, as it were, around the place. I was still the general line salesman for the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company, covering Lincoln City, South Lincolnshire, uh, together with North Cambridgeshire and North Norfolk. Ruth at this time was working in the operating theatres at the new Pilgrim Hospital at Boston. Helen was attending what we called locally Mr Faulkner's Academy, or alternatively Carrington County Primary School, and travelled there on the Milson's service bus that ran regularly through the village of New Bolingbroke on its way to and fro between Boston and Horncastle. It was to be a year or two later that we gave thought to using the cellar for wine storage. It was my colleague on the Town Hall Management Committee in New Bolingbroke, Ivor Bush, who introduced us to Norbert Stumm, a local agent for German wine producers Pieroth. We'd spent a very pleasant evening with Ivor and his wife at their bungalow in Occupation Lane and managed to empty several bottles of very good wine. 
or within walking distance, of course. Ivor had told us he would ask Norbert to give us a call. We could try different wines in the comfort of our own kitchen, and there was no particular pressure to buy. Except the wine was very good. Norbert consequently came to visit and introduce us to our first real experience of sampling different types of wines. Norbert was a good teacher and we were willing pupils, you might say. If I remember correctly, in those final years of Firestone, I did manage to get back into earning six monthly sales bonuses after the fiasco of a toilet roll salesman being appointed as our regional manager by the inept American management that had taken control of the company. After that chap was removed, things returned back to normal for a year or two before everything began finally falling apart. The long and short of it was we had a few bob to spare and could afford to buy a few bottles of wine for our cellar. Norbert was helpful too. He had a good look at the cellar, which had a good constant temperature, vital for wine storage. With no racks of any sort. Drain pipes are good for this, Norbert told us. We began delving into the source of drain pipes, clay drain pipes, and we found them just down the road at Carrington. So you see, local businessman and collector of many things unusual, Fred Coupland, had a hand in the installation of pipes in our wine cellar. We were just in time, actually, as the land drain business he had was changing from using clay clay pipes to using all plastic pipes. Fred had just a few clay land drain pipes left in his yard. They were, by the way, exact size you need to store wine in bottles. The internal diameter and length was perfect. We ended up buying all the clay land drain pipes that Fred had left in his yard, around 500, if I remember correctly. These were installed in the cellar underneath Ivy House, ready for the wine to arrive. (laughs) Don't get us wrong here, we'd not actually ordered 500 bottles of wine from Norbert, but these were all the clay pipes left anywhere, so bird in the hand, etc., In fact, to digress, in the late 1990s, we did buy around 350 bottles of wine in one order, two years running, from our good friend and wine producer Thierry Bessar, here in France. That was the time we had the caravan hanging behind our car. But you see, we could then import what you would need for your own use, without any duty to be paid now all ended unfortunately. 350 bottles between two people for 12 months was not a huge amount really, was it? Back to Ivy House and the now established wine cellar. We had plenty of storage capacity and as the years went by we learned much more about wine and how to keep it. By the late 1970s, we were making annual trips to France ourselves and managed to bring back a variety of different wines to augment the cellar. A calamity happened one winter when the water level in the basin alongside the house rose so high it came up into the garden and the cellar flooded to a depth of about 12 inches. 
The wine was okay, but those cardboard boxes of tin food did not fare too well at all. The cardboard disintegrated and the tins were to be found floating around in varying condition of distress. Many had begun to blow. When tins of food are kept too long and experience varying differences in storage conditions, they can begin to explode. By now, what with the age of the tins and now finding them floating around the cellar, the labels had come off many of them too. This was going to make identification somewhat difficult. I telephoned my mother, who, for the previous four years or so, had not even mentioned her tins of food. She went ballistic. Her valuable store of comestibles had been violated, and I was the cause. One would think I'd destroyed the World Food Bank to hear the racket down the telephone line. When she had finished ranting, I told her they were unsafe and we were going and they were going to be binned at the earliest possible moment. I was sent to Coventry for another period of several months, which suited me fine. When we had to leave Ivy House in 1983, I took half those clay land drain pipes with me to our new home at Great Steeping. We did not have a cellar there but there was a brick room as part of the small brick barn in the stable yard and it could be kept coolish if the door stayed closed. This became our much smaller and frugal wine cellar. There we are, that's the end of that short story brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Now there's a different end to these stories because since Covid we don't actually sell any of our publications There's no shop anymore and you can download any of our stories or books free of charge on the internet. There are over 200 of these audio stories now. Lots of different subjects. There's nearly 100 videos and there are 10 complete page-turning books at this time. More coming. The website to find all the links is www.itsarumlife.com Spelling is I-T-S-A-R-U-M-L-I-F-E, no spaces, all lowercase, dot com. It's a rumlife.com. Lots of interesting stories and things to look at. And uh, thank you for listening.